Hi, we are back again and we had Kurt Potter all over here again because he has something else that he wants to share with you about communication because there's so much that we can keep adding to the conversation. So please take the stage. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share the presentation with you now. Uh, here we go, sharing screen and share. And we are going to come up here. Now, can you see the slides okay? Yes. All right, so for your uh, audience that uh, missed yesterday's presentation, my name is Kurt, Kurt Porter. I'm the CEO of Performance Leadership Coaching, PLC. Uh, I'm a retired Navy. Uh, as you can see from this slide here, I've had a, a very, I would say, very varied career with a wide variety of different jobs. That's a picture of me in boot camp. And then the other picture with all the stripes and the gold is my last picture, where I was the command senior chief for the Naval Reconnaissance Support Detachment in Misawa, Japan. And I was also the uh, airborne planning officer for cryptology for the Pacific Fleet. After I got out of the Navy, I worked for the government for about 10 years. And here I am at a conference in Moscow, Russia, uh, between European Command and the uh, Russian Ministry of Defense. While I was in the Navy, I learned uh, Vietnamese and Russian at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California. And later on in life, I went into the private sector. And uh, over the last 10 years, I've been working on teaching continuous improvement process, uh, planning, briefing, executing, debriefing, and team resource management skills. Lived in Russia for the previous 13 years, just moved back to the States about a year and a half ago. As you can see from the slide, the summer weather in Russia is very nice. Uh, I'm also a very passionate diver. Uh, here I am diving off the coast of Florida. I uh, really enjoy diving with uh, sharks of various types. I like going deep and diving on wrecks. And right now I'm trying. I'm working on my full cave qualification. Go to Mexico about three or four times a year to dive on the caves in Mexico. All right. So today uh, we're going to talk about leadership and and how it drives communication. Communication we had yesterday. And these are the six team resource management or you can also call them crew resource management skills. But uh, leadership is number one because it drives the culture. It drives everything else. All right, if we're talking about leadership excellence, if you, if you look at this circle, there's a, a lot to cover uh, to help someone be an excellent or a superior leader. What we're gonna focus on today a little bit because you could talk about this for days, for weeks. Um, we're going to focus on planning and vision, communication, and tone setting, and some self-management. Now, when I say tone setting, uh, I'm talking about leadership driving the culture. All right, how do you define leadership? Uh, New Yorker, how would you define leadership? Or perhaps somebody from the audience could tell us what is the definition of leadership? I think the definition of leadership is, is the is the people that we look up to because they take charge of the situation. And, you know, in order to be a leader, you have to have followers, right? 
So it's the Very first smart. person I stand up and the first person that inspire others to follow. Okay, I I like the word inspire very very much. Uh, is there anything from the audience as far as a definition on leadership? Uh, no, it's not yet. Okay, uh, leadership. If you want to look at the classical textbook definition, is having the ability to influence, guide, motivate uh, others to achieve your vision or reach the common goal. Uh, let's break it down or let's get a little bit deeper. What's the difference between uh, a leader and a manager for you? What do you think? A manager manages the, the situation, uh, the, whatever the operations or, or a store or whatever is, is the case. A leader, um, a leader can lead a revolution, it can lead uh, a country, it can lead a unit, it can lead a team, uh, because there's more than managing the situation. It's about motivation, inspiration, and, and yeah. And influence. And influence. And influence. That's, and that's the big one. And the audience. Okay, let's, uh, let's hear some of the comments. Leslie Klein, she says, someone who takes charge for the good of the group. Uh, Tomasa yeah. say it's about inspiring others. Inspiring. Leslie also is somebody that lived by example or somebody, somebody that has a greater vision. Yes, vision is a big one. Vision, vision is a very, very big one. Good. Now, the difference between leadership and management, if you want to come up with a, a very simple explanation, a good leader always explains why behind the task because he's trying to develop his subordinates or his employees or her to to buy into the vision right he or she's trying to inspire them so they have to understand it whereas a manager is going to explain the how how to get something done i think that's probably the most simplest definition so leadership inspire people a couple of uh individuals in your audience brought that up empower your employees or your team members uh, and when we say empower we're talking about being uh, allowing them to make decisions and grow providing them with professional development opportunities so they can grow and mentoring them there's that vision word right the vision has to be shared and again that vision is only going to be shared if you get your message across and you've explained the why and you've influenced them to buy into it and then the last one i like is leading change uh, sometimes people are afraid of change, but good leaders, they kind of go out and they, they embrace the change. They take upon the challenge. They don't, they don't fear it. Uh, they look at it as another opportunity to excel. Mm -hmm. So in short, leadership, it's influence, right? Love this picture here. Uh, this obviously is the landing there uh, during D-Day in World War II. Courage. Bravery doesn't mean you aren't scared. It means you go anyway. As you know, there's two types of courage. There's physical courage and moral courage, right? And uh, a good leader is is going to have both. And we talk about moral courage. We're, we're talking about integrity, right? Always being able to do the right thing individually or for your team, uh, whether or not your boss is looking. You just know what the right thing is and you do it. So what does a good leader do? 
we're going to get into a very uh, detailed explanation and go over that during the next 10 to 15 minutes. But I do like this quote by John. A leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And those last two portions of that, goes the way and shows the way, I think uh, emphasizes the point one of your participants made about leading by example. First, you have to lead by example to show them how it's done, to show them the standards you want to set. And then you go ahead and uh, hold yourself accountable. You take ownership for it. And then you hold your team accountable too. And uh, you move forward. So characteristics of an effective leader. If I have a, a live audience here and I'm, or I'm in a small group or even a large group, this is what I call the speed round. So I'm going to give you two sentences and your audience. We're looking for characteristics of, a, of an effective leader, hopefully with one word, one word. And they should answer the question, a good leader must be or a good leader must have. So what do you think a good leader must be or a good leader must have? I'm going to give you the first one. Uh, a good leader must be decisive what else what do you think he has to have ambition bigger than himself okay ambitious he has to be ambitious ambition right? ambition bigger than himself. Ah, a vision. he has to, he has to be a visionary he has to be a visionary all right um, please provide some more we've got decisive visionary and he has to have the integrity that in the, the you know something that people they inspire people because um, there's some good leaders and there's some bad leaders so um, you you want to follow the ones that are good leaders so yeah absolutely he must have integrity right because if he don't have integrity he's not going to build up any trust and he can't build up any loyalty. So do we have any answers from the audience yet as far as characteristics of an effective leader? Must have yeah, or must have? Sorry. Uh, we had the integrity, they agree with us, and the moral courage and, and opinion. Okay, moral courage, good. Uh, let me throw another one by you. Should an effective leader be kind? Yes, I think, uh, especially nowadays, leading with, with caring and leading with your, uh, you know, caring about the communities and, and about uh, the people that are choosing to follow you is super important. Yes. All right. I will uh, agree with part of that. A good leader absolutely has to be empathetic uh, and supportive. Uh, a good leader's got to be firm, fair, and consistent, especially when we're we're talking about the application, right? Application of justice. Say you've got an individual late to a meeting uh, in the office, and you know that that individual works very hard, works late, meets all the deadlines, turns in quality work, and you say to yourself, "Ah, I'm not going to say anything to to John because it's just it's just a one-time thing." And in a couple of days, there's another meeting with all those same participants. 
and Jane shows up and she's late the same amount of time. And Jane, uh, in your opinion, isn't as good uh, as as John. And, you know, she doesn't turn in as quality work. She misses some deadlines. So you just rip into her and talk about the importance of being punctual, being on time, how disrespectful it is to everybody else. What is your team going to think when they see you letting one person slide and get away with it? You don't say anything, but yet you go ahead and you criticize another employee for the same act. How's your team going to feel? They're going to lose trust. They're going to lose Absolutely. trust that you're taking size, that you, you have your niche group, and those are the the people that get all the benefits and it, it can all it, it brings animosity on the group so that's when communication and and communities start breaking down great i like that last part about the community right the team the team breaks down for sure and that's why i go back to i don't know you necessarily have to be kind but we've got to be supportive we've got to be empathetic but when we're talking about uh, rules and procedures, we have to make sure we're always, always consistent with everybody. And let's face it, we have favorites. We do. <laughs> but the important thing is that we treat everybody the same and we don't show any favoritism ever. So mm -hmm. some other characteristics here that I, that I like. Uh, a good example, right? Somebody said lead by example. Integrity, I think, is one of the paramount characteristics that a good leader ha must have calm trustworthy and trusting knowledgeable uh if you if you don't know your own profession you can't teach anybody else and in summary you absolutely have to be a superior communicator now this individual on the right is one of my personal heroes this is admiral mccraven he uh was uh his last assignment in the navy as you can see he's a navy and he was the commanding officer of Special Operations Command out of McDill Air Force Base in Tampa for his last command. He is the organizer and planner of the raid that uh, killed Osama bin Laden. And he had a very, very distinguished naval career over 37 years. And after he retired, he became the chancellor at the University of Texas. Uh, while he was still in the Navy, he gave a speech on, uh, that went viral on YouTube. So I've saved, a, I've saved a minute of it that I'd like everybody to listen to, and then we'll talk about it for just a little bit. To me, basic SEAL training was a lifetime of challenges crammed into six months. So here are the 10 lessons I learned from basic SEAL training that hopefully will be of value to you as you move forward in life. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barrack room, and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. That seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened seals. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. 
And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. So what did you think about that? It did put a perspective on basic training and us making our bed every single day. But I think it's uh, totally true, right? It's the little things that matter that how we start our day and how something as simple as making our bed right, it can, it can, it can inspire us, right? It can make us feel better if we had a bad day or it can inspire us to have an even better day. Sure. One of the one of the things that I like now, out of the ten principles that he discussed there during, I think the speech overall was about twenty minutes. It's it's on YouTube. It's entire. It's a very good speech. If if no one's watched it, I, I highly in your audience has watched it. I highly recommend. It. Um, but if you dig into it, what he's talking about there is time management, which is kind of funny because for me, we can't manage time. I mean, there's the same twenty four hours in the day, every day. <laughs> 60 minutes is always going to equal an hour. But what we can manage is ourselves. Uh, I love working out and I'm, I'm very, very busy. So I go ahead and I manage myself. That goes back to that first slide, self-management. I lay out my workouts that I'm going to do during the week, whether they're runs or whether they are strength exercises. I know when I'm going to do them. If the schedule doesn't allow it, I'll adapt and I'll change. But I want to try and live each day very intentionally. Uh, that way I know what I want to get done that day. And hopefully that day will add up into the next day and then the week and then the month. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about as far as self-management. And I have noticed that if uh, for some reason I get into a rut, uh, I'm, I'm not making my bed both uh, figuratively and literally. So I make sure every day I get up and I, and I make that bed because maybe I'm not going to change uh, the world, but I'm certainly going to affect my situation for, for that day in a, in a positive way. All right. High trust organizations. You and I have talked a lot about trust, and I love the first paragraph in this booklet. Uh, let me read this out loud. Machiavelli asked whether it was more desirable for a leader to be loved or feared. However, it may actually be more important to know how much you're trusted. And look at uh, the statistics there. They're, they're amazing in high trust organizations that, that came out of this uh, poll that was taken a few years ago. 74% of the people are less stressed. Half of them are, they, they put out uh, better work. 13% take fewer sick days and 40% have less burnout. So how do we create a high trust organization as a leader? All right, number one, you got to connect with your team, be for each other. Now, what's a good way to be there for your team as a leader? How would you how would you be there for your team? I will look after them, right? I, I will look at them 
I would offer feedback, a single action review of how they're doing, celebrating the wins and indicating exactly what needs to be improved. Uh, it provides a feedback loop and it, it kind of build on that trust. Uh, sometimes we only pick on the bad scenes and we don't celebrate enough the successes and the things that they accomplish. So doing both are important. But it's also making sure that uh, that we treat them fairly and how they deserve to be treated. No, being good, good. I like it. Be inclusive. I like your part about that we don't focus enough on the positives too, right? Uh, we always, as part of the uh, continuous improvement process, we want to have a debrief. You and I were discussing debriefs earlier. Uh, yes. We always want to have a debrief after, after a job, after a task, after a completed goal. And we want to gather those lessons learned. What went well about the planning process? What went well about the, the briefing process? As I, as a leader, explained the goals and the tasks to my team. What went well with the implementation or the execution of the task? Uh, because you want to repeat those practices that, that allowed you to achieve your goal. And then you want to look at the things that perhaps hindered it, didn't allow you to reach it as fast as you wanted and not repeat those. But without the entire group uh, kicking in, talking and discussing, everybody that was involved with the work, you're not going to get a really, really good debrief. So be there for each other, be supportive, uh, be willing to take on criticism, hold each other accountable in a good way. The Navy SEALs are one of the highest performing organizations on the planet. And a former Navy SEAL was asked, who makes it through BUDS? Who makes it through the selection process to become a SEAL? And he said, I can't tell you who gets through, who makes it, but I can tell you the kind of people who don't make it. He said the star college athletes that never have been really tested to the core of their being, none of them make it through. He said the preening leaders who like to delegate everything, none of them make it through. He said the big tough guys that come in with huge muscles covered in tattoos and want to prove to everyone how tough they are, none of them make it through. He said some of the guys that make it through are skinny and scrawny. He said some of the guys who make it through, you will see them shivering out of fear. He said, but every single one of them who makes it through, when they're emotionally exhausted, when they're physically exhausted, some way, somehow, they're able to dig down deep inside themselves to find the energy to help the person next to them. Service, service, giving to another, having their back is what makes the highest performing teams in the world, not their strength and not their intelligence. It's their willingness to be there for each other. I think he, he covered everything, Simon, there that uh, you and I had discussed. And the bottom line is, being there for each other through the good times and through the bad times and providing mutual support. I'm going to help you and you're going to help me. It's not a power struggle. It's not a competition. We're there to reach a common goal and to get a job done. You spoke about exchanging feedback. I, I like your thoughts on the feedback. Now, there's all kinds of different feedback. Uh, there's feedback from individual employee to individual employee. As I mentioned earlier, them holding each other accountable in, in a non-threatening way. Uh, there's feedback from the leader or the manager to the employees. That 
something that we forget about sometimes as a good leader, if we are effective, if we're trying to be transparent and trustworthy, if we are making sure that our integrity is at a high level, we're going to go ahead and listen to the feedback from our employees to or our subordinates. We're going to listen to what they're saying about uh, whether or not they're happy with their jobs. We're going to go ahead and listen to their ideas. Uh, we're going to go ahead and ask them for their input. Uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, criticism, right? I always hate staying. I, I don't like the word criticism. I prefer constructive feedback, vice constructive criticism. So if leadership is truly setting the tone, truly setting up the right culture, then everybody knows feedback is welcome at all levels, horizontal and vertical. All right. We spoke a little bit about this yesterday, uh, listening attentively. Uh, this is how an effective leader listens attentively. Given your employees or your subordinates plenty of opportunity to express their views. We want to make sure during a meeting that we're dominating the meeting and just getting a group consensus based on something we've said as the boss. We want to hear their opinions. Uh, visible, right? Uh, we've got to get out and get around the workplace, get out of the office. Uh, here out in the oil and gas industry, I, this is my primary client right now. Uh, I asked a company lady the other day, I said, what's the difference between leadership and management? Uh, they're in, in her trailer, in her office. And she pointed out the window and she said emphatically, you lead out there, you manage in here. And I love that because uh, visible leadership is very, very, a very, very important part of uh, superior leadership. And people have to know that they can come in and see you, that uh, no matter how busy you are, if you don't have time at that moment, you can't make time for that for them at that moment, you're going to say, hey, come on back in 20 minutes, come back in a half hour. And then the last one's very important too: always having an open mind uh, and act on useful suggestions. As part of our decision making and empowering our employees and subordinates, we're, we're going to ask them for their input. Now, something that I always stress to senior management that I coach is that they may not always agree with what the employee does. You know, you may have one employee suggest course of action A and their employee suggests course of action B. And you come up with a course of action C uh, and you go with C. It's very, very important to explain to the employees why you went the way you did. If you don't do that, they're going to close up because they're going to say, well, he doesn't want to listen to us anyway. He always does what he wants to do. Point two to that is if you explain why you did something, you're also expanding or improving their decision-making capabilities. All right, so we wanna build this culture. We wanna connect. We have to believe, we have to believe in what we're doing. And the only way we're gonna believe, again, is if that leader is explaining the why. And something that uh, is very, very important, right? Our, our people will always, listen to us, right? They'll always listen to us. However, they're going to do what they see. And that goes back to that leadership by example. We can't criticize or provide feedback to our employees about how important it is to meet deadlines, 
for not be late or dress properly for work if we're not doing it ourselves. Again, they'll always listen to you because you're in charge. They will always, always do what they see. Now, conflicts. Look at these workplace conflicts, right? Warring egos, stress workloads. A good leader is always going to know that he has to come in and resolve some conflict. And we all understand this type of conflict is negative. But I have a question for you. Is all conflict necessarily bad? No. I Absolutely think, not. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think uh, out of conflict comes uh, new solutions. A new, you know, you know what you need to improve, and you can't you you can't force sometimes because of the conflict to assess the situation and see what what is not working, what's working. I I, I like it. I like it. So it, it could be when we're talking about conflict, it could be something as simple as two employees having different solutions to a common problem and discussing them maybe even in a semi-heated debate. But as you're listening to it, uh, you're going ahead and then working on your own course of action, deciding which one you want to stress. So that kind of conflict we should certainly welcome and encourage and, and not be afraid of. All right. All right. Another way to... Another way to connect is express appreciation, right? Uh, out in the oil and gas industry, we do that a lot by cooking for the team. They work very, very hard. And if they, they do something well, um, you know, we'll go ahead and, and cook a, a breakfast or a dinner for them and make sure that they know we appreciate a good job. Uh, but one of the things I want to stress about appreciation, though, you've got to make sure you're doing it again because it's it's warranted you don't want people thinking oh they're getting a mail because they're putting out minimal efforts uh, when we're expressing our appreciation there's various levels to express it for the best jobs that's when you uh, dig deep and uh, we recently uh, had some guys drill a, a record well and so those guys all got barbecue grills uh, the uh, pit boss portable ones so make sure that the level of appreciation you're expressing uh, is applicable to the effort that was put out. Don't get too carried away with it because then uh, you, know, you, just, you don't want to spoil the moment of uh, sincere appreciation. Would you agree or disagree with that? I agree. I all right, all right. What are, what are some other ways besides cooking that we could, we could show appreciation? We kind of have to appreciate what they're doing, and we have to put it into words that they can receive that appreciation. You know, sometimes we have to give, be careful in the way that we show our appreciation uh, to not be misconstrued. We have to talk the same language that they speak. Um, you know, and I start by by just the the simple thing of you know if they're doing something for you, you say thank you. You know, that's perfect. Perfect. That's I mean, there's always, yeah, there should always be a thank you included in there, no matter what. I mean, there's, again, there's various ways to do it depending on your finances, your company's finances. Is it a is it a pen set? Uh, public acknowledgement is always a good thing. 
Remember, we praise in public. A good leader knows we praise in public and we counsel in private. Uh, written thanks, uh, some type of letter, employee of the month. Uh, every, every good company should have some kind of system built up to uh, express appreciation in, in formal ways for outstanding service. So the points that we've been talking about the last 10 to 15 minutes have been really about visible and, and servant leadership uh, for both of them. And those, I think, are two very, very important aspects to leadership, being able to connect, empathetic, getting out, being visible, knowing your people, providing them with the resources they need, etc. Now, we should be coming up on a, a movie here fairly soon. Have you personally ever had a bad leader? Did you ever work for a bad leader? Oh, yes. Plenty of them. Yeah. Did you did you learn from them? Yeah, I learned no what not to be. <laughs> um, I learned. I definitely learned that I never wanted to put other people in that situation. Uh, so that was a lesson learned, and it wasn't a a, a nice experience to have either. Good. Good. All right. Let's watch. Let's watch this short film here uh, about an individual who is the very opposite of, of everything we've just talked about. Time check. Anyone? I've got a computer. And the meeting was supposed to start at... Ten points. Anyone have anything from John? No. No calls, no text messages. No respect. Still, right. how's Paul looking? I've, I've got some. I've got some clients lined up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Excuse me. Should I say good afternoon? This meeting was supposed to start at 8 a.m. sharp, and here we are at 8.15, just getting started. It's totally unacceptable that it up to here with people arriving late for my meeting. It is disrespectful. It is out of order. Why are you people always arriving late? And it's not just for meetings. It's for work as well. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Simon, Simon, I feel like this entire tirade is just directed at me. I mean, that's not fair. I feel completely victimized in front of all my colleagues. I'm not the only one that's late for meetings. Okay, John, so now I'm victimizing you. Really? I'm pretty sure I looked at and spoke to every single person in this meeting. It's not just about you, John. It's about everyone here. You, sir, have a guilty conscience. Who the hell do you think you are? Nobody speaks to me like that. My leader is spineless. Why are we being subjected to this abuse? I seriously hope I find a new job soon. So, what did you think of our fearless leader? <laughs> uh, definitely not a good leader. 
that's yeah it, it creates a hostile environment with yeah a very hostile environment that makes everybody wants to leave it was uh it was pretty it was pretty uh toxic wasn't it yes very yeah i uh, he just did the opposite of everything that we we discussed which is why i love using that video to to highlight it as a as a conclusion um some of the other things that i didn't like here though was the individual that was being yelled at right threw everybody under the bus i'm a very big uh, fan of ownership uh if i'm late i got to apologize for it it's my mistake you know Pointing my finger at somebody else doesn't justify my being late. But some of the main uh, fundamental points of, of good leadership that uh, our leader there uh, abused was, number one, again, you praise in public, you counsel in private. There's nothing wrong with the leader being demanding, setting expe expectations, and holding his people accountable. However, he needs to be a professional. He needs to be calm as he, as, he, as he goes about that. So he absolutely did not establish a culture where people are going to be happy at work, where they're going to be uh, friendly. They're, they're just going to commiserate with each other. Morale is going to go down. And it goes back to what we talked about with uh, the lack of trust. There's no loyalty. With no loyalty, there's no morale. No morale there's no production and people are going to leave with their feet they're going to vote with their feet you saw one young lady there say oh i've got to get my resume together i can't wait to get out of here and we just want to try and be the best leader that we can be and create that culture where people want to stay where they want to produce where they feel they're part of a, a highly reliable highly effective team so that pretty much concludes the presentation do you have any other questions for me no, I think that really demonstrate uh, the kind of leaders we want to be, right? Why being abusive? Why being, why creating a hostile environment where eventually you will lose all your followers because nobody wants to be there, you know? Um, being, being a good leader is something, you know, inspiring others to follow you. That's what I mean feeling because that means you're doing something yes. right. and you want to inspire others by the right reason not for the wrong yes reasons. you know being uh authoritative and kind of a dictator uh yeah you go down in history but not for the right reason absolutely you know. absolutely uh any questions from the audience any comments yes we had comments uh so uh, Tomasa was saying that when you were talking about the bed, that her dad made her uh, bounce a quarter of her bed. You know, she comes from a military family. So it was an indicator it was made properly among other lessons he was teaching. Yeah. Daniel uh, saying that he remembered those skills from basic training, being a military himself. And um, Antamesa say that yes, 
<laughs> that was her use training from her Air Force dad. <laughs> so it definitely brought a lot of people, uh, they agree with you. Um, and when we're talking about bad leader, Leslie Kling agrees that that totally was an abusive environment to be in. I, it's totally abusive. And, and again, if we go back to the minimal definition of leadership, influence, right? Leadership equals influence. That individual will never, ever be able to influence any of those people at that table. Um, I would venture to say that they're probably going to do what he says, but how well they do it, uh, who knows? And will they ever take any risks? Will they ever take any chances? Will they ever think out of the box? Will they ever be innovative? Will they try and make decisions on their own like any good team should? As long as it's within the scope of the responsibility. No, nah, they won't because uh, they don't want to see him go off. They just don't. You're welcome, Leslie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was an amazing presentation. Thank you again for being here. Uh, I think there's a topic that we can never talk enough uh, because we need good leaders. <laughs> um, we need people that inspire us to be better. Uh, look at where we are right now, uh, currently in the world. We had some very good examples of bad leadership and we got some very good examples of good leaders. So it's up to us who we choose to follow, right? Yes, ma'am. So I'm gonna take a second here and just make a pitch, if I may. Uh, of if course. any of your audience is interested in talking more about this, please feel free to hit the website, uh, plconfire.com. All of my contacts information is there, a free consultation. And that's if you desire, if you're a small business owner, medium, or even a large corporation, perhaps some, perhaps some executive coaching on this topic. Uh, if you're looking at doing some team building for your employees, if you want to improve your communication, give me a call. Okay. Well, thank you for being here once again. And we're going to take a short break and we're going to go to lunch. Uh, please leave comments, uh, make sure you watch the replay, hashtag replay, you watch live, and share this information to anybody that needs to listen to it. You know, invite other people to come, and it's going to be available for you to watch uh, for the rest of the week, and it's also on LinkedIn and YouTube as well. Thank you. I had a good time. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.